Okay. I'm going to see if the reader will read, and if we can't, we'll do something else, but we're going to let him read these first two chapters of Jonah, and we'll, uh, we'll go from there. The New American Standard Bible, copyright by the Lockman Foundation. You'll hear that. Jonah, chapter 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee from the presence of the Lord. Huh? So he went down to Joppa, found a ship which was going to Tarshish, paid the fare, and went down into it to go with them. I don't know where the speaker is the on this side. The Lord. the Lord hurled a great wind on the sea. There was a great storm on the sea, so that the ship was about to break up. There you go. Then the sailors became afraid. Thank you, Max. And every man cried to his God, and they threw the cargo which was in the ship into the sea to for them. But Jonah had found the low end of the ship, laying down, and fell sound asleep. That's not it. Turn, turn that up. I think this is Ed. Perhaps your God will be concerned about us, so that will not perish. Each man said to his mate, Come, let us cast lots so that we may learn on who's it. Hart and I both of them are a snake bit on the technology, but we'll do. Okay. Put this over there, man. Please. Thank you. Okay. I'll read it. Jonah. Chapter 1, <clears throat> the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rode up and fled to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And he went down to Joppa, found a ship that was going to Tarshish, paid the fare, went down there to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. The Lord hurled a great wind on the sea, and there was a great storm on the sea that the ship was about to break up. Then the sailors became afraid, and every man cried to his God, and they threw the cargo which was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for, for them. But Jonah had gone below into the hole of the ship, laid down and fallen asleep. So the captain approached him and said, how is it that you're sleeping? Get up, call on your God. Perhaps your God will be concerned about us so that we will not perish. Each man said to his mate, Come let us cast lots so we may learn whose account this calamity has struck us. So they cast lots and it fell on Jonah. And then they said to him, Tell us now, on whose account has this calamity struck us? What is your occupation? And where do you come from? And what is your country? From what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew. I fear the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men came extremely frightened, for they said to him, How could you do this? This, For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. So they said to him, what should we do to you that the sea may become calm for us? 
for the sea had become increasingly stormy. He said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that on account of me, this great storm has come upon you. However, the men rode desperately to return to land, but they could not, for the sea was becoming even stormier against them. Then they called on the Lord and said, We earnestly pray, O Lord, do not let us perish on account of this man's life, and do not put innocent blood on us for you, O Lord, have done as you have pleased. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea stopped its raging. Then the men feared the Lord greatly, and they vowed, they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. The Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the stomach of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the stomach of the fish, and he said, I called out in my distress to the Lord, and he answered me. I cried for help from the deep depth of Sheol. He heard my voice, for you had cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea. And the current engulfed me, and your breakers and billows passed over me. So I said, I have been expelled from your sight. Nevertheless, I will look again toward your holy temple. Water encompassed me to the point of death, and a great gulf and a great deep engulfed me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I descended to the roots of the mountains. The earth with its bars was around me forever, and you have brought me up from life. You have brought up my life from the pit, O oh my God. I will faint. I was fainting away. I remember the Lord. And my prayer came to you in your holy temple. Those who regard vain idols uh, forsake their faithfulness, but I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving that, I, that which I have vowed I will pay. Salvation is from the Lord. Then the Lord commanded the fish to vomit Jonah up on dry land. There's three Old Testament books that tell a story. This is one of them. The other two are Esther and Ruth that, that tell a story. And, and uh, this is very familiar because we're taught at a very early age, uh, probably the three top, One's according to Carson, Isker, Noah and the flood, Jonah and the whale, and Daniel in the lion's den. All are taught as children, so we know those. Carson says that sometimes the kids get confused between Noah and Jonah because she thinks because of the similarity in the names, you know, and all having to do with water. But anyway, be that as it may. Jonah is mentioned three times in Scripture outside of this, this uh, book that, that bears his name. And um, he, he was a prophet. Um, Second Kings 
Uh, there's one verse in 2 Kings that tells us, um, 2 Kings chapter 14, uh, verses uh, 25, he says, he restored the barter. He's talking about um, Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, and Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. And that's the northern kingdom, and that's, that's where he was. But anyways, verse 25 says, He restored the border of Israel from the entrance of Hammond to the sea of Arabeth, according to the word of the Lord, the God of Israel, which spoke through his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet, who was from Gath Hepper. Um, this, this was, Jonah's life was about from 782 to 735, uh, something like that, according to the scholars. Um, and then we know that 722, that's 38 years later, that's when Israel was taken into captivity uh, by by the um, um, by the Assyrians. Now, the other part of Jonah, well, really, really the other part of Nineveh, uh, and we'll see that in just a minute, is picked up in another minor prophet that we're going to do later on, the Book of Nahum. So. Let's go back and we'll see what we can find out here uh, about Jonah. Um, okay. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. Rise, go to this great city and cry against me for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up and went to Tarshish. Okay, now look at that map that Max handed out, and, and uh, we'll we'll see. Um, <clears throat> Joppa, you you see Joppa, that's the modern city of Tel Aviv. So it's uh, it's it's also. Jaffe, J-A-F-F-A, which has been swallowed up by Tel Aviv. Uh, and so that's where it is. From Joppa to Nineveh, which was the capital of the Assyrians, which is Mosul today in modern-day Iraq, that's 500 miles from Joppa to, to Nineveh, 500 miles now, Tarshish, not to be confused with, with, uh, <laughs> thank you, Jay. It's where Paul was from, Tarshish. And, uh, <clears throat> but that was from Joppa. It's on the southern coast of Spain, right at the Gibraltar there, 2,500 miles from Joppa. So, so the, the whole thing from Tarshish to Nineveh was 3,000 miles. So when he got on the boat, he, got, he wanted to go as far as he possibly could uh, away from Nineveh. Uh, he was a prophet. 
he knew about the Assyrians. He didn't like the Assyrians and didn't want to go there. He didn't want to go there. So these, uh, I, I saw the, this little map that I looked at several and uh, this one, but you see he, he took off from Joppa and then he swiggled around there and then the little arrow, they spit him up on dry ground. Did any of you look at the, the, the video that Velter sent out in the notes? Anybody look at that? You, you did, Ruddy? 2021, there was a lobster fisherman off of Cape Cod, and he, he was a diver, and he, he dove for lobster. He was looking for big lobsters, and this is what he did. And he was hit by, he thought, a train, so to speak, when he was down about 50 feet, but it was a whale. And the whale didn't swallow him, but he got him in his mouth. And it's an interesting read, you know. He said <clears throat> he said he he had a air tank, but his his uh, regulator was knocked loose from him. And uh, he he said he realized what had happened, and he had fifty minutes of air. He says <clears throat> that'll be okay if the whale doesn't dive deep. If the whale dived deep, he was doomed. But he said the whole thing didn't last but about a minute. And, and literally, his partner that was up on the sea, up on the, 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 uh, the ocean in, in his boat, saw him when, he, when the whale spit him out. And he came out, he said he saw his two feet, you know, like, like so. So, in this particular case, uh, God told a whale, well, I say it's a whale, that, that you, you know, the scripture says a, a fish, and a whale is a fish, and so, <clears throat> but he, he, he spit him out on dry ground. So, uh, that was a good news for Jonah. So, here he, here he is, God told him to go, to go to, that's all of the map if you want to put it away. But <clears throat> he, he um, God told him to go to Nineveh, which was the capital of Assyria. And he went, he fled from the presence of the Lord by going, uh, getting in a boat and going to Tarshish, 2,500 miles from Joppa. Verse 4. And the Lord hurled a great wind on the sea. There was a great storm on the sea that the ship was about to break up. Now, we've talked about God being sovereign. He does, as Pastor Bobby said, he's a creator. He does what he wants to. And in this particular case, he says, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. He got on a boat to go as far from Nineveh as he could go. And God says, that's not where I want you to go. That's Bill's paraphrase now. So he had this great storm. Verse 5. Then the sailors came 
afraid, and every man cried to his God. Now, Spain at this particular time was uh, many, many, uh, it was Phoenicians, and they had many gods. And it was probably uh, many nationalities. You people that have been on cruises before know that the staff comes from a lot of different places, you know, you know, they, they find, find work on these cruise lines. So here he says, if you've got a God, we want you to pray to him. Because he says, they threw the cargo, which was on the ship, to lighten it. But Jonah had begone, gone down in the hole of the ship, laid down, fallen asleep. So the captain approached him and said, hi. Why is it that you're sleeping? Get up and call on your God. Perhaps your God will be concerned about us so we will not perish. Each man said to his mate, Come, let us cast lots that we may learn whose account this calamity has struck us. So the cast lots and they fell on Jonah. Now, I'm going to chase a rabbit. Casting lots. It's mentioned 70 times in the Old Testament. Seven times in the New Testament. Some very familiar times that we know about, you know. Uh, probably, you know, the Roman soldiers at the cross cast lots for Jesus, the garments, you know. The apostles cast lots to see who would replace uh, Judas Iscariot. What does casting lots, uh, you've all heard it for years, you know. What does casting lot mean to you? How did they do it? Any well, guess? Pardon? Roll the dice. Roll the dice. Yeah, you you you're right on. You know that's that's right. It um, cast stones or or uh, or uh, rocks. We don't know exactly what they did, but. Uh, <clears throat> You see, I've got so many pieces of paper here. Um, have you heard in Old Testament <laughs> the Urim and the Thummim when we went through Exodus? Art showed that they on the high priest they had a he had a a sack, <laughs> so to speak, there. And we don't know what it is, but Urim means lights, and Thurum needs some kind, kind of rock. So what they probably think, it was a, either marked stones or different, different colored stones, you know, that they had. Uh, how many of you have done some computer programming? It's one and zeros, right? One and zeros. 
so so they could cast lots and it says are, are you guilty or are you not guilty you know uh, have you um, <clears throat> have you let me see how my paper says it here um, anyway examples of 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 um, is it yes or no, good or bad, selected or rejected? We don't really know how it is, but they went to every, according to Scripture and according to what I read, the guys went to every man there and pulled out the dice <laughs> and said, said, are you, are you right or wrong? Well, when they got to Jonah, the jig was up. You know, he says, it's, it's your problem. So, so with with uh, casting lots, uh, they did it. Verse eight. They said to him, "Tell us now, whose account has this calamity struck us? What is your occupation, and where did you come from, and what is your country, and what people are you?" I'm sure the wind was blowing, and they were rapid fire questions to find out who this guy was that was in the hole of the ship asleep and everybody else was fighting for their life. Verse 9, I'm a Hebrew. I fear the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Then the man became extremely frightened and they said to him, how could you do this? For the men knew that there was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Now there are times in our life that 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 we we go to the Lord. There are times, more times than not, we're in trouble. You can be a big man and you can face a lot of things but when the sky gets black and the thunder rolls, you know, all of a sudden you're insignificant and you're not so big and you're not so tough and you're not so much. In World War I, they said that there are no atheists in foxholes. And we know that to be true. When you're on the line, when your name is on the line, or when your life is on the line, rather, the Lord comes really, really near. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. So he said here in verse 10, the men were extremely frightened. How could you do this? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. So they said to him, what should we do that the sea may become calm for us? For the sea had become increasingly stormy. He said to them, pick me up, throw me in the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that on account of me, this great storm has come upon you. Jonah knew that he needed to obey the Lord. 
But he had a lapse in judgment, so to speak. When he bought the ticket, got on the boat, and sailed as far from Nineveh as he could. And yet, when the sea got rough, and they confronted him, he says, it's my fault. He says, it's my fault. Why didn't he do it the first time what God told him to do? We'll pause now for station identification. So many times, we, we, uh, the Lord is leading us, maybe not audibly saying, Bill, go to wherever, but we have this feeling among us. And why do we have it? Because we're on this side of the cross and we've got the Holy Spirit living within us. Uh, Jack Bethay and I had all kind of conversations. Y'all remember Jack? And uh, he would say, uh, he said, build my conscience. I said, well, the Lord can use your conscience, <laughs> you know, to, to tell you something, to lead you somewhere, to go somewhere, to do something. Jonah didn't listen to what the Lord had told him to do, but he said, if you throw me in the sea, Excuse me. It'll become calm. Verse 12. Pick me up and throw me into the sea and the sea will become calm for you because I know that on account of this great storm has come upon you. However, the men rode desperately to return to land, but they could not. For the sea was becoming even stormier against them. The sailors were a good lot, a good group. They didn't want to kill this man. They didn't want to jerk him up right quick and throw him in the, o in the, in the ocean. They, they wanted to see what they could do. So they had already thrown the cargo overboard, and now they started rowing for land. But they couldn't. Then look what they did in verse 14. They called on the Lord and said, We earnestly pray, O Lord, do not let us perish on account of this man's life and do not put innocent blood on us. For you, O Lord, have done as you have pleased. God's sovereignty and this bunch of sailors who weren't God-fearing to Jehovah God, but they said, Lord, we don't want to perish on account of this man and we don't want his sin to be against us. Against us. Verse 15. So they picked up Jonah threw him in the sea, and the sea stopped raging. We have several accounts in the New Testament when Jesus was in the, involved in the sea and these guys, you know, he stepped up one time and 
they woke him up in the boat and he told them when to hush and they did who is this man that can control the winds and the waves the same God the same Jesus that come to see here with Jonah so they picked up Jonah threw him in the sea stopped his raging then the men feared the Lord greatly and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. Have you ever been in a particular place in a particular time when you said, Lord, if you ever get me out of this, I'll do so and so? <laughs> Human nature hadn't changed, has it? Did you do? Did you do what you told the Lord you would do? I remember a story at home. This guy was real sick and he owned a, a bar. And our pastor went, went to him and he was real sick and he asked him to pray for him and he did. And he says, said, I'm going to, I'm going to start coming to church and I'm going to get right with the Lord. I'm going to close my bar. He got better and he got out and he painted his bar. We forget real quick sometimes what the Lord has done for us. That could have been the end of Jonah right there. He could have perished and we wouldn't hadn't had this story. But verse 17 says, The Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the stomach of the fish three days and nights. One of the places that Jonah is mentioned is in Matthew 12. Turn to Matthew 12 with me. Uh. Matthew 12, verses 38. If your Bible's like mine, a lot of it's in red. So Jesus is talking when we get to there. Verse 38, Matthew chapter 12. Then some of the scribes and the Pharisees said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation craves for a sign, and yet no sign will be given to you but the sign of Jonah and the prophet. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the sea monster, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will stand up with this generation at the judgment and will condemn it because they repented in the preaching of Jonah and behold, someone greater than Jonah is here. So Jesus quoted Jonah and he says three days and three nights. Okay, let's talk about three days and three nights. 
<clears throat> you got to think like a Jew. Jesus died on Friday, right? Saturday, Sunday, the ladies found him risen. Okay. And when you're talking to a Jew in Bible times, any part of a day was a day. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Three days and three nights. The scholars think that probably Jonah wasn't in the whale 24 hours. But it encompassed the three days and three nights like Jesus quoted here. Just like Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days and three nights, so much the Son of Man be three days and three nights. Chapter 2. I got to hurry. <clears throat> This is a prayer. Now, you know how books are written, how this is done. <laughs> Jonah didn't write this prayer down in the belly of the whale. <coughs> but when he got up on dry ground, he remembered it, and then he wrote it down. You with me? So... <coughs> He said here in verse 1, He prayed to the Lord, his God, from the stomach of the fish. Don't you know he did? <laughs> Don't you know he did? I called out in my distress to the Lord, and he answered me, cried from the depths of Sheol, You heard my voice. You cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea. And the current engulfed me. Breakers and billows passed over me. So I said, I have been expelled from your sight. Nevertheless, I will look to your holy temple. Water encompassed me to the point of death. The great deep engulfed me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I descended to the roots of the mountains and the earth with its bars were around me forever. But you have brought me out, excuse me, you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. So he, he was there. He prayed, and in verse 4, he says, Nevertheless, I will look toward your temple again. He had already made up his mind that when he got out, and he was out when he wrote this, you know what I got to do? I got to go to Nineveh. I got to go to Nineveh. Verse 7. While I was fainting away, I remember the Lord, and my prayer came to you, to your holy mountain. Those who regard vain idols and forsake your faithfulness, but I will sacrifice to you 
with the voice of thanksgiving, that which I have vowed I will pay. Salvation is from the Lord. Then the Lord commanded the fish. It vomited Jonah up on dry ground. Okay. Look at me a little bit. Look with me a little bit. Look at verse 4 of chapter 1. And there was a great storm on the sea so that the ship, the ship was about to break up. Who was, who was saying all that? Who was talking about that? The sailors. The sailors were talking about it. Now look at chapter 2, verse 3. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea. Who said that? Jonah. So we, we're going to see three more things that the sailors did and that Jonah did. Look at verse 14 of chapter 1. Then they called upon the Lord. Who did that? The sailors did it. We're going to call upon the Lord. Look at chapter 2 verse 7. While I was fainting away, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you. He prayed. Look at chapter 1, verse 15. So they picked up Jonah, threw him into the sea, and the sea stopped its raging. He was they were delivered. Look at verse 6 of chapter 2. I was forever with the bars around me, but you brought me up my life from the pit. He was about to die, but God brought him up. He delivered him. Chapter 1, verse 16, they made a vow to God. They feared the Lord greatly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. Look at verse 9. Of chapter 2 but I will sacrifice to you with a thanks with a voice of thanksgiving that's which I have vowed I will pay so the sailors and Jonah went through some of the same emotions and yet it could have all been different had Jonah just told Okay, God, I'm on my way to Nineveh. I got a bus ticket to Nineveh rather than a bus uh, ticket on the boat to go to Tarshish. Next week, we'll pick up on chapter 3 and chapter 4, and we'll see what, what, uh, what uh, Jonah preaches, and <laughs> we'll see Jonah's response again. It's kind of like us. I knew you were going to do that, Lord. You know, I knew. You. Let's pray, Father. We thank you for who you are, and we thank you for these sweet people who love you. We thank you for your word that it's true, and this children's story from a long, long time ago has so much truth and relevance to us today. We need to simply obey, obey what you tell us to do, and where you want us to go, and what you want us to do. Father, we thank you.
Bless us as we go from this place. Be with uh, everything said, done, sung, preached, prayed. And we'll praise you for it. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.